on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgiatos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Obviously, the big news uh, since last Thursday's show was the indictment of Donald Trump. So today, what we'll talk about on America Can We Talk are Trump indicted for what? Trump rallies and energy, along with the response of many of the GOP candidates uh, to the indictment. And the big question now rising up again, should the Republicans in Congress impeach Biden now. As we try to cover today in this uh, show, we have you know, only an hour and so much to talk about, but I want to start with, you know, right after this indictment was issued, the indictment that came out, uh, by the way, for President Trump, indictment of President Trump relates to the documents that were he was storing at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, as soon as this indictment came out, or very shortly thereafter, President Trump issued a statement, a verbal statement, um, and this is, I want to start by playing that clip first, got it, okay? Uh, by playing that clip first, which is Trump's response to the indictment. We'll play that and then we'll talk about it. Just like the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax and all of the others, this has been going on for seven years, they can't stop because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened. I'm an innocent man, I'm an innocent person, and that's what it is. This is warfare for the law and we can't let it happen we can't let it happen. Our country is going to hell and they come after Donald Trump, weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI. We can't let this continue to go on because it's ripping our country to shreds. It's a hoax. The whole thing is a hoax. Just like Russia, 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 just like the fake dossier was a hoax. You saw the Durham report. You saw the Mueller report. It was all a big hoax. You had two impeachments and they lost and we won and we had tremendous support. But that was a hoax and a scam. And now they're doing it again. It's just a continuation, seven years, even after I'm out. But it's called election interference. They're trying to destroy your reputation so they can win an election. I'm an innocent man. We will prove that again. Seven years of proving it. And here we go again, very unfair, but that's the way it is. I just want to thank everybody. We are doing something very special for our country. We're putting America first. I always put America first. And that's why we were in a position. Unfortunately, that position is no longer valid because they've done such a poor job, but we're in a position where we're going to make America great again. Uh, I'm innocent and we will prove that very, very soundly and hopefully very quickly. Thank you very much. You know, Donald Trump did what an innocent man would do. He just, from the beginning, when this indictment came out, just took to the airwaves. He has obviously the bully pulpit, the capacity to get the national audience. But he didn't do what you often saw some of the Clinton associates doing and others when they are accused. And the fact is they know they're kind of guilty. So they put these statements out about, we're going to uh, engage in robust defense after we, first we have to understand the facts, we're gonna investigate thoroughly, we're, and we, you know, and they even do the wordy kind of uh, denials, like, you know, I, I categorically and unequivocally and uh, deny these allegations. You know, Trump's just saying, I'm an innocent man. And I, I think he really is, and it's a far deeper question than just whether he's innocent of the crimes he's been charged with. Be very clear on what he was charged with. Trump was indicted. Uh, former President Trump was indicted under the Espionage Act, which is the act that basically implies 
You're stealing documents because you might be engaged in espionage. I mean, that is the, the context. That's the, the concept behind that statute. So they had to throw that in, uh, an Espionage Act violation, because everything else that he was accused of in this indictment are simply his possession of documents um, at Mar-a-Lago, documents which he, as president, had 100% authority to have in his possession. He had the right to declassify anything, and now, and, and, and separate from his right as president, the ultimate decider of what classification status any document has, that's what his role was, he had the right as president to have the documents in his possession, to declassify them if he chose to. And so, so that what would happen with the indictment is they ran into a problem because they realized it was very weak what they were trying to claim that he had done, that he had these documents in his possession, and you know, golly gee because he shouldn't have done this. And uh, obviously, almost instantaneously, the news became uh, spread around the country that Joe Biden, uh, he who occupies the White House, uh, had documents in his possession, not in some safe and secure location like locked away Mar-a-Lago, but in his garage near his precious car in the UPenn Biden Center, which is a just a, I know, a rat's nest of, of conflict and invasion. I mean, the UPenn Biden Center has received from China, the number one enemy of America, have received in the range of $54 million from China and so the UPenn Bidens that are dedicated to China has possessions of presidential documents. Wish to be clear, by the way, Joe Biden had no authority. The documents that were sitting there were from his time, either from sitting in the Senate, where he wasn't even a, a White House official, or when he was vice president um, under Obama. So I think the people wanting to, just so desperately wanting to indict um, Donald Trump realized very quickly to run into trouble because Biden has those documents. In fact, Obama had documents, which he later um, basically communicated with the archives, don't, uh, National Archives people, don't worry, I'll get these back to you when you need them. I mean, that was, and so I think the people who are just, I don't think, the people trying to indict Trump, trying to find any basis to just uh, have a cloud of suspicion over him, soon realize they're going to have a really, really hard time with the possession of documents charge, which is why they went with the espionage charge. I want to just put this uh, charge in other contexts, too. What I want to talk about today, first of all, is, you know, really stepping back from, you know, what exactly he's being charged with and what he did. What other context we know of? I mentioned already that we already, obviously, everyone knows that the, um, he who occupies the White House, uh, Joe Biden, had documents in his possession, which he never in his entire life, up until the time he removed those documents, did he ever have the authority to designate them with any classification because he wasn't president. He didn't have that authority when he was vice president. So you have him, you have, and then I'm just going to remind you of a couple other things that happened that somehow never magically led to any indictment whatsoever. You may recall uh, with President Clinton, under President Clinton, theft of documents from the National Archives by a Clinton associate. Not like, you know, mild suspicions might have occurred, proven theft of documents that apparently the Clinton team didn't want out there, so they were removed from the National Archives. President Obama, many, many documents in his possession. Um, and you just, and you have, of course, the Department of Justice just prior to, just in the recent years, investigating Hillary Clinton, understanding she had in her possession a, a server in her home, which is where many documents reside, totally unprotected, not protected, as she served as Secretary of State, um, and, and documents in her home, which uh, stored on the server, which apparently she was trying to keep in her own possession to avoid their discovery when the government was to receive FOIA requests, you know, Freedom Information Act. And so she, they weren't there at the State Department, so they weren't produced. That is what Hillary Clinton did, along with, of course, destroying emails and having her associates smash, you know, computer uh, memory things to bits, to bits, to hide things. That's Hillary. That's Hillary. And so the, the DOJ, I'm getting at, is acting under, at this time, acting under enormous uh, cloud of suspicion by the American people, suspicion of just grotesque dishonesty, grotesque bias. They're, they seem launched at and anyone conservative, anyone Republican, but all these other people that per, the parade can go on and on and on uh, on the left, and just nothing happens. Nothing happens to them. So 
It's important to keep that in mind when you look at what he got indicted for. They are really, really on thin ice trying to indict him for possession of documents at Mar-a-Lago. And in fact, there, there is a provision of the Presidential Records Act that basically says he's entitled to have possession of these documents as president, period. That's what it says. He's entitled. And so they're really, uh, I mean, what is really happening here, stepping back before I dive in this more, I'm stepping back, the left is frantic to find some way to disable the Trump campaign. They are desperate to find some way to, to you know, take him out of the campaign for president 2024 or, or sully his name with his followers, sully his reputation, anything to disable his presidential campaign. And all that happens when they pull these stunts, and this is just a, a legal stunt by the DOJ, and they know it, and we know it, and we, and we know they know it, they know we know it, everyone knows. That's what it is. It's a stunt to try to shut down President Trump. There is not any strength, any, any um, morality, any ethic behind this uh, indictment of President Trump. And especially coming from this DOJ and, the, DOJ and the kind of conduct that I mentioned to you a moment ago. So Trump goes out over the weekend. He gave an enormously uh, successful speech at the Georgia Republican Convention. I mean, and I tell you something about Trump, it's so interesting. He can stand up. Now, I know he's got, you know, I believe he has maybe notes in front of him. He's got a teleprompter. So he's not totally just winging it for an hour and a half or two hours. But however long he spoke at that uh, particular rally, Georgia Republican Convention, he then went on to speak in South Carolina the same day. Now, you'd think after you speak for an hour and a half, a gentleman of his age might think, I'm kind of ready for a nap. He's so full of energy, he's on to the next. Okay, next one, where do I go next? After that, he stopped at a Waffle House, where, I mean, this is the kind of guy he is. He stops at a Waffle House, hangs out, talks to the people who love him. This is all Trump, love talking to him at the Waffle House, poses for pictures with the officers who are doing the motorcycle, you know, the protection, uh, the, the police who ride next to motorcycles to protect him, poses pictures with them, you know, uh, cuts it up with the people at Waffle House. This is a guy who is utterly comfortable in his own skin and utterly comfortable with the fact he knows he didn't do anything wrong. And he sees, as he rightly called this, as DOJ coming after him, he sees it as yet a continuation of the witch hunt, which plagued him pretty much his entire first term, 2016 to 2020. And it is really because the DOJ engaged in the conduct that it did during the Trump presidency, where he had, you know, we had to listen to two and a half years of utter, you know, hogwash about the Trump-Russia collusion, and everyone found that out. I mean, if you had any remaining doubt, found that out when the Durham report came out just a few weeks ago, the DOJ actually knew all along. They knew since 2017 that the entire thing was cooked up by Hillary Clinton. They all knew it, and they perpetuated this preposterous hoax on America, trying to claim somehow there really might be something to this Trump-Russia collusion. We don't know, folks. So, I mean, the, the DOJ is so sullied and so just just uh, destroyed, their integrity is destroyed in the hearts and minds of America, of the informed American public, that they just, now they come up with, oh yeah, now we're going to get them on the documents. You know, don't worry, we're going to do that. So there's a, um, um, you know, there's just an enormous, um, uh, they, they cannot overcome, I don't know what you want to call it, but they, they have a veracity gap. They have, they have so much, they're so weak in terms of what they're able to claim as valid. People just, they, they take it more, it's not even just a grain of salt. They kind of dismiss whatever the DOJ says because they're seen as utterly a political figure acting on behalf of the anti-American left. I want to go back to the Trump rallies and his energy just a moment. But I want to tell you something about, uh, I'm going to come back to them in just a minute, but I want to tell you something about the um, reactions some people had. You know, and I, I've got to tell you quickly as a funny thing. So over the weekend, um, I kind of always in political meetings. So I had a you know, meeting with some people, a uh, pretty serious, substantive meeting. And one of my colleagues there said, you know, I've kind of gotten to where I have a litmus test in my head when I meet people, trying to figure out where they're, you know, what they understand, you know, how savvy they are. And, and this colleague said, you know, if they tell me that they actually think the 2020 election was legitimate, that, that it wasn't stolen, I can just write them off because they don't deal with reality. They're either not smart enough to know what happened or they're dishonest. They do know what happened and, and they're not 
honest. And so they're either not smart or not honest, but either way, I write them off. It's a litmus test for me for how serious and substantive a person is. Do you understand the 2020 presidential election was stolen? It's a yes or no. Same thing is true about COVID. You know, do you actually think COVID was a naturally occurring, released by mistake, oopsie daisy problem that led to a pandemic? Or do you think it was a plandemic? And the answer is, for everyone who is actually informed, it was obviously a plandemic. My friend made this point about, you know, um, how she, to size up people because she encounters people all the time who try to get involved in her organization, try to get, you know, moving on things. They're kind of litmus tests of what people think. Well, there's a third litmus test. So I was agreeing with her. I do agree with her. There's a third litmus test thing that I add to my own thinking. If you actually think that the Department of Justice moved to indict President Trump over the documents at Mar-a-Lago, and you think that was honestly motivated, you think that was legitimate, you think that was probably due to how the outrageous behavior of, pre the, of President having documents in his own possession related to his own presidency, if you actually think the DOJ is acting honestly, that's another litmus test for me. This is someone who's either not smart enough to figure things out, or they have figured things out, and they're not honest enough to say what the truth is. These kind of things, we have to be, we cannot, on the conservative side, continue to litigate and re-litigate and re-discuss things that people by this time ought to be able to figure out. Those three things, anyone paying attention, must have figured out. 2020 election was stolen, the COVID deal, the COVID episode was a plandemic, not a pandemic, and the DOJ is going after Trump as they have nonstop since the moment he won the election in 2016, and frankly, since he won again in 2020. Okay, but let me move forward on, the, on this, uh, back to how, how people respond. Um, there has been, and, and this other, the, on this litmus test subject, there have been responses uh, by various people, you know, in the media, people of prominence, you know, what do you think about this Trump indictment? You know, what, what's your reaction? Uh, Jim Jordan, a fabulous Republican congressman uh, from Ohio and a, you know, leader of the conservatives in the Congress, uh, had a great statement. He was, I think he was on CNN. I don't know why he would be there, but in any case, yeah, he was on with, with um, Dana Bash. Anyway, um, but he, you know, she tried to say, well, but this is very, very, very serious. Uh, you know, Jim Jordan, this is terrible. And, you know, he said basically the standard uh, that should be applied to this case uh, is that the president has control over the documents, period, full stop. As Obama had the documents he took, Biden never had because he, when the documents he took, he wasn't president. But what Jim Jordan is saying on CNN is, look, the standard, it was set out in a 1988 case unanimous from the courts called Navy versus Egan, and Justice Blackman wrote the opinion. It said, the president's ability to classify and to control access to national security information flows from the Constitution. He decides. He alone decides. He said he declassified the material. He can put it wherever he wants. He can handle it however he wants. That's the law. And so he, Jim Jordan, is, you know, come out really strong just saying obviously this indictment is political in nature they just want to get trump because they can't stand how popular he is which we'll get to in a moment but back to i want to just tell you about a couple other responses i thought were worthy of um sharing with you responses by people who um and especially i think it's interesting to see the responses by people who are running for president who are trying to challenge um, president trump for the presidency by the way since the indictment came down President Trump's numbers, his support is increasing. More people support him because they can see what the left is doing. They can see that the Department of Justice, and by the way, let me just make this point. People keep talking about, even I was doing it, Department of Justice. This is, you have to hold Joe Biden or who's ever really orchestrating his strains because he is not running this country. It is, you know, it's Obama, it's whoever else is in that little cabal pulling Joe Biden's strings and running the country behind the scenes, whoever that is, they are the ones responsible for this DOJ indictment. The DOJ works for the president. The DOJ, Department of Justice, is part of the executive branch. They work for Biden. If Biden had said, or Obama, who really runs the country, had said, 
you know, DOJ, I don't think you ought to do this indictment here because, you know, it's going to look bad. It looks obviously like Biden is sicking the political apparatus at his control, the national uh, law enforcement apparatus, the DOJ. He's just sicking that on his most serious political opponent, which is what happened, which is what they're doing. Biden could have, with one phone call, said, uh, Merrick Garland, Mr. Attorney General, drop it. You work for me, AG Merrick Garland. And I said, drop it. Don't go after Trump over these documents. Biden could do that, or really Obama could do that. Whoever runs the country, because it's not Biden, but they didn't. You have to understand, this is raw political power being exercised by the anti-American left in the name of form of Biden, Obama, whoever runs the country. This is, we're going to take down the obviously most prominent political opponent that could challenge Biden. That's what we're going to do. And all the other is just fluff and BS. Fluff and BS. Anyway, so there were some interesting reactions uh, by people who want to be president someday, or at least are prominent Americans, um, a great, uh, you know, who weighed in, responded to this indictment. A great response came out of Ted Cruz. He is, now I'm a Texan, and he's our uh, U.S. Senator, one of our two senators. Uh, Ted Cruz responded uh, very bluntly, suggested the indictment was a culmination of what Merrick Garland has been pushing for since he became Attorney General, the weaponization of our Department of Justice against enemies of the Biden administration. This will do enormous damage to the rule of law and have a lasting impact. Amen. Full stop. This is, this is corruption. Banana Republic, third world level corruption at the hands of Joe Biden. And the last part was me, not him. But Ted Cruz, very forceful. Uh, Florida Governor DeSantis uh, running, you know, the, the top contender for the GOP nomination, uh, which Trump seems to have already kind of sealed up. But in any case, DeSantis still running. And he, he did say, he condemned the indictment, the weaponization of federal law enforcement represents a mortal threat to free society. We have for years witnessed an uneven application of the law depending on political affiliation. Why so zealous in pursuing Trump, yet so passive about Hillary and Hunter. So that was a pretty good answer. You know, he's basically, at least he's saying, this is political. Don't be duped into thinking this is an ethical or moral or, or acceptable um, acceptable charge. Um, J.D. Vance, new senator from Ohio, tweeted, the former president will be indicted for mishandling his own government's classified information. Yet everyone agrees. The government has the authority to declassify. The president has the authority to declassify anything. This is a moral and constitutional joke. Merrick Garland has disgraced the country. Josh Hawley, wonderful senator from Missouri, uh, concurred, said that Biden DOJ was indeed trying to clear the political field for President Joe Biden with this indictment. And that means the country's in serious trouble if the president in power can just jail his political opponents, which is what Joe Biden is trying to do tonight. We don't have a republic anymore. We don't have the rule of law. That was a great quote, great quote by Josh Hawley. Um, and Speaker McCarthy, Republican Speaker McCarthy, Speaker of the House, said, Trump's indictment marked a dark day for the United States. It's unconscionable for a president to indict the leading candidate opposing him. Joe Biden kept classified documents for decades. And every American who believes in the rule of law, I and every American who believes in the rule of law, stand with Trump against his grave injustice. I could read you more, but the serious conservatives didn't just, you know, mutter, well, I'm not sure that's a good thing. They came out very strongly seeing that, that what the fact and the truth is, which is this is an outrageous political maneuver by the Biden administration, by the anti-American left to take out Trump as their most serious contender. Now, and Alan Dershowitz also came out supporting Trump, just saying this is absurd. You know, former uh, Harvard professor, uh, very, very strong. Of course, Steve Bannon did too. Now I want to switch gears and tell you about people who don't have any idea what time it is in America had to say. One of those is Republican presidential contender Asa Hutchison. And you know something? I heard when, when Asa Hutchison announced his, um, you know, that he was running for president, I mean, a lot of people said, wait, who's that? Who's this guy? I mean, and this is what happens in politics. It happens at a local level, like when people want to run, you know, for state rep or state senate or, you know, even for governor. Politically active people have a little circle 
around them, a circle of people who trust them, like them, and support them. And that little circle tells them, oh yeah, you'd be great. You could be elected. And you know, it happens at the state level, state rep level, but also happens at every level in government. So Asa Hutchison probably has a lot of little people around him, a little cabal who like him, who support him, who said, yeah, yeah, this is great. You should run for president. So he announced his candidacy. It was the most cringeworthy announcement. I was just like, if you were running, I can't even think of an era where what he had to say would be relevant. He sounded like somebody who has no idea what time it is in America, no idea the threat the left is posing to America, no idea that we're losing our constitutional freedoms, no idea the, the government is being weaponized against the political opponents of the, of the left, no idea what the left is doing to the, the rule of law and what they're, how they're mistreating January 6 prisoners. I mean, the guy was so out to lunch, it was cringeworthy. So he issued a statement, you know, now that there's a, this indictment is very solid, says Asa Hutchison. Um, you know, I mean, it's so naturally he had to go on CNN to say this because they would let him say these stupid things. Uh, in any case, he said Trump's indictment is very solid. Uh, you know, he's, uh, this is a former Arkansas governor, Asa Hutchison, who thinks somehow he's going to end up with the GOP nomination. Now, I don't really think he'll, he thinks he'll run up, end up with a GOP nomination. I think he's just trying to, you know, see how far he can take his campaign, see how much, you know, groundswell he can maybe muster up by being a not Trump or an anti-Trump candidate. Although if he's gonna be the anti-Trump candidate, he's gonna have to beat Chris Christie, who is even worse and just, just so foolish sounding, I can't even tell you. But back to Asa Hutchison, he basically said, well, of course he's innocent until proven guilty. My point is, this is bad for our country, bad for the presidency. It's a legitimate campaign issue. And so he says, you know, the, that Trump should withdraw from the campaign. By the way, Trump has said, I don't know, yesterday or something, I'm not withdrawing at all. I'm not withdrawing, period. I mean, I'm telling you people, I think, that if they try to steal the GOP nomination, which those who manipulate elections most certainly could do, I think, I, I mean, the guy is gonna run. Trump is gonna run because he knows what happened. He knows they stole it from him last time. He knows how great the country was doing under him. Yeah, he's gonna run. Anyway, Asa Hutchinson, Chris Christie, I thought about playing a clip, but you know, then it could make me crazy, so I don't wanna do that um, to myself. I, I, he just is a, um, Chris Christie is blustering away, and you know, he's trying to be, He's really an odd combination, Chris Christie. You know, he's pretty hefty, trying to be the big bully in the room, the East Coast bully talking, you know, tough guy. But he's running against Trump, who's also East Coast and far more polished. Um, and he's trying to, to say somehow I'm so much better than Trump and he should step back. And he, he apparently, I mean, I've heard no platform of any serious consequence out of any of these jokers. I mean, you really don't hear a platform. And you know, it's a really funny thing. When Trump lays out the platform is MAGA, make America great again. And then he can run through 25 issues without even looking at his notes. Trump can do this and tell you, why this issue matters, why this issue matters, why this issue matters, and what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing. You know, that he kind of covers the board in terms of what the agenda should be of the GOP in the 2024 election. So people running against him have to run on, I don't know, you know, uh, you know, the kind of the trite low taxes and, um, you know, I, I believe, in I mean, they just, they, they, they can't find, they, they can't find ground to run on. I want to come back and talk about, um, DeSantis in just a moment. I am going to turn to the rallies yesterday just to tell you a few quick things, but back to DeSantis. You know, it's a really interesting thing. I'm going to tell you what I think is happening with DeSantis. I think that, and I think DeSantis is a great governor. And be really clear, whoever wins the Republican nomination is who everyone who loves the Constitution needs to vote for. I mean, you can't have Biden. And I really don't think it'll be Biden. Again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think they're gonna find some reason Biden can't run. I mean, he's not functioning in the job. Anyway, everybody knows that. He's just standing there. I mean, I, I really, I hesitate. I don't share with you very often these little clips I, I see all the time. People sending things in saying, wow, look how crazy, you know, look at Biden sounds so out of it. You know, he couldn't remember Churchill's name. He couldn't remember, you know, who was the leader of the UK at this time. And even when he can get the name out correctly, he's slurring his words like someone who's a very senior citizen and is really not mentally competent. So he's kind of 
slurring and muttering and blathering. He's not running the country. I don't think the left is going to let him stay, even though he's saying, he, Biden, is saying he's going to be the candidate and he is going to stay in and he refuses to debate anybody. He will not debate um, anyone. But I do think they're going to find some reason he can't be the candidate. And I think the left is going to put in Michelle Obama. I know I'm not the first person saying this, but I will say it over and over. The left sees, the left, first of all, everyone in serious level in politics, they know Trump won in 2020. They know what Trump did the first four years of his presidency. They know he won in 2020. They know the people want him back. And they know that Joe Biden has had a terrible presidency, not simply because he is mentally challenged and is suffering from dementia. It's far worse than that. It's not just because he happens to have, be suffering from dementia and cannot you know, hardly utter a sentence without getting confused and forgetting where he is, what day it is, what office he holds. But it's because all of his policies are disastrous, disastrous, and they are intentionally disastrous. People are starting to see Biden isn't just, he's not just foolish and kind of, you know, dropping the ball and failing to enforce the border because he, he put in place an ineffective policy. They recognize America recognizes more and more all the time Biden's policies are intentional. He is trying to weaken and destroy America. That's what he's doing. So I think they understand Biden is weak. I think the, the, you know, the back room, elbow rubbing, you know, cigar smoking left is just trying to find the right time to boot him out and get Michelle Obama in because they understand how popular President Trump is and they understand they've got to have someone who's got kind of what they think is this kind of crowd appeal, this big appeal. But anyway, getting ahead of myself. Um, I'll tell you, Chris, uh, Carrie Lake had a very funny reaction. Actually, could you get the Carrie that you get? Okay. So Carrie Lake uh, is not singing this herself, but she put out a... Um, a, a song, or a, she's not the singer, another group is a singer, but a song, uh, which is basically 81 million votes, my ASS. I mean, it's really funny. We're only going to play the first minute. Let's quick play that. If you would have told me two years ago, three years ago, that I would be in the middle of a political movement, I would have said, put down Hunter's crack pipe. Right now. Right now. I can't afford the groceries. I can't afford your gas. It's by inflation across the nation. 81 million votes my ass. Pissed off an already pissed off woman. 81 million votes my ass. The crime was committed in broad daylight. We're living on planet crazy. Got a laptop full of China. Okay, you can even cut it off. So if you're just hearing that, uh, that was a group that put a song out. Or the group is called Truth Bombers truth bombers and Carrie Lake, obviously her voice, uh, she's working with them, her voice in there, just basically saying, and you know, I have to tell you, I don't, I, I don't on this show ever reduce the name calling or crass language, but I love Carrie Lake. I think Carrie Lake is awesome. And I think putting this song out, it's really what about well over half of America has thought since election day, 2020, 81 million votes, my ass. Seriously, that is what the song is. It's hilarious. Uh, it's obviously gaining steam. And it's really kind of, you know, as I say in our, on this show, I try to be very substantive and serious. We debate issues. We discuss the pros and cons. And, and you know, we get very down in the weeds sometimes. But there is a need to step back to say, back even in November of 2020, everyone paying attention recognized Trump was filling you know, stadiums, wherever he went, three days notice, thousands of people. In fact, we're going to turn finally next to the next segment and talk about uh, Trump's rallies. But this is Kerry Lake just saying, spare me, just freaking spare me. Everyone knows Joe Biden did not get 81 million votes. This is a concocted, false, stolen election. There are not 81 million people who would even think of turning out to support Joe Biden. And so, I mean, I, I just find it very entertaining. 
Two more people I want to hit on. I, I want to share a little bit more about the response to Trump's indictment and how people respond and what they had to say. Uh, one was uh, there was a great piece. Um, uh, John Ratcliffe, who's a former uh, under Trump DNI, uh, <clears throat> he's the, um, and now he's with, He's on, he does Fox Business with Maria Bartiromo. He's actually part of AFPI, American First Policy Institute, um, who is the Director of National Intelligence um, under Trump. And he basically said, you know, the special counsel engaged in improper actions in their effort to get Trump. I mean, they just decided that, that this, the special counsel who was just assigned, you know, was allegedly assigned to look into and examine the issue relating to Mar-a-Lago. He's saying that's not what they did. Just Jack Smith was a special counsel. He just engaged in whatever conduct he possibly could uh, to, to get, find some way to get Trump. Similarly, the last one I'll say about this response is, because I, I do think, to me, this is a litmus test level thing, as I said earlier. If you, if you actually think the Department of Justice indicted President Trump over the documents at Mar-a-Lago, because that was a legitimate exercise of the DOJ's power, a legitimate application of their role to investigate and then prosecute when, when laws have been broken, then you don't have any idea what's going on in America. You don't have any idea. You actually, and you probably think that Trump really lost in 2020. You probably think the pandemic came from bats in a cave in China, and I mean, you got to start to get firmer and clearer on what truth is and stop pussyfooting around with these silly things the left tries to argue. In any case, one last thing to say, Tom Fitton, um, whom I happen to get noticed a little bit, but he runs Judicial Watch, um, and he is, that's the organization. All they do it basically is they file lawsuits to go after and get discovery under Freedom of Information Act at the federal level. And some, and most states, maybe all states, have something similar on the state level. So you can file a lawsuit to say, we are, we the people are entitled to these documents, this information. So that's what Judicial Watch does. And he, Tom Fitton, uh, his read on, after actually reading the indictment of President Trump over the Mar-a-Lago documents, basically said a judge should throw out the federal indictment against former President Donald Trump. Fitton said he had carefully reviewed the indictment of Trump by his political opponents at the Biden Justice Department and concluded that if justice prevails, this indictment won't, won't survive scrutiny by honest constitutionalist judges. It will be thrown out. I mean, he went through and talked about the indictment dishonestly ignores the U.S. Constitution, the Presidential Records Act, which I mentioned earlier, legal precedent, and the DOJ's archives' previous position that White House records a president takes with him when he leaves the White House are presumptively personal and not subject to review by partisan Biden appointees at the DOJ or the archives. So Tom Fitton also coming in just saying, come on. Now, I got to tell you, people, maybe you're one of the people who listens to my show and you're conservative and you don't like Trump. I do get this. I have dear friends who don't, who, who I, they're going to go over to DeSantis. They're going to support DeSantis in this election. And, you know, I mean, people have all sorts of reasons. They want to say, you know, Trump is too divisive or we can't have four more years, whatever they say. Or they like DeSantis's policies that he uh, engaged in as governor of Florida. There are a lot of reasons that really smart, serious Americans can say, okay, you know, um, I, I want to support somebody else. But even if you're one of those, if you support anyone, if you support Chris Christie, for that matter, or Nikki Haley, or any of them running, you still need to take hold of and, and grasp this issue. You need to understand that if we allow the abuse of the power of the Department of Justice, we allow them to engage in the abuse of their power and they're going after people they don't like because especially going after the top contender to take out Joe Biden in the presidential election of 2024, and you just say, well, I don't care if they're going after Trump because I like DeSantis better. I like you know, Nikki Haley better or whoever you like. I like Chris Christie, whoever it is you like better. That is the wrong approach. This is such an egregious, outrageous abuse of the power of the Department of Justice and all law-abiding Americans, frankly, even on the left, even people who like Biden should not like what Biden is doing, what his team is doing going after Trump. 
Okay. I'm just going to tell you, so I had a couple of things to quickly share with you. Um, there's a, this is a uh, sent to Mr. Emilio here. I sent him, uh, you know, I told you that uh, Trump's numbers went up after this indictment happened. Let's put up that little display. Okay, this is who's running. Here we have who is running for president on the Republican side. If you are listening to this and you can't see the screen, I'll quickly tell you. Trump is now uh, among likely GOP primary voters. Trump is polling at 61%. 61 among likely GOP voters. DeSantis, 23. Tim Scott, 4. Mike Pence, 4. Nikki Haley, 3. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who I really kind of like in some ways, 1%. Chris Christie, 1%. Burgum, another one surrounded by a cabal of people who tell him he's really cool, but no one's ever heard of him. He's the governor of North Dakota. I think he's the current governor. And then Hutchison, whom I've been mentioning to you, and Larry Elder. So we have five people tied at 1%, Ramaswamy, uh, Christie, Burgum, Hutchinson, and Elder. And then we have Trump at 61%, DeSantis second place at 23%. I'm just telling you that, I, I want to show you that to say, the left is determined to say, well, if they can just continue to pummel Trump in all sorts of ways, um, you know, they'll get him out of there. People will get tired of him. They won't support him. And it's having just the opposite effect. People can see this is a witch hunt, whatever term you want to use, even worse than a witch hunt. This is a, a contrived, destructive use of the Department of Justice power to take out someone that Biden couldn't beat, you know, if his life depended on it. Anyway, so, so very quickly on the rallies, I'll just say on the rallies, you know, I mentioned earlier, but Trump, you know, he does his speech at, um, he does a speech at uh, Georgia, their Republican convention. They went on to, it's either North or South Carolina, I always forget. Anyway, one of the two went on to their state, made another huge high energy speech. I mean, the people love him. And then tomorrow uh, in Miami, uh, President Trump has to appear in federal court in response to the indictment. And he's actually already urged the people who are, in fact, I've seen people on social media talking about, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm flying to Miami, I'm gonna be there for Trump. And Trump has urged them, do not engage in violence. Stay peaceful. If you wanna show up to protest, fine, but stay peaceful. And I think it really is important as we move forward in this outrageous witch hunt of an indictment to have, I think it's great to have the uh, people involved, meaning the DOJ, the lawyers involved, the judges, uh, all see that the American people see right through this. They know what this is. This is just a pure political, raw political power attack. So it's good for them to see that the people support Trump and don't like this, but he did urge people to stay uh, calm and, and, and peaceful, and they do need to do that. So the rallies were a huge uh, hit, and Trump is just going to uh, continue to go on uh, holding those, I think, till I don't know when. You know, he's just going to go on till he wins the nomination or he doesn't. Okay, so I want to turn to something else. And I actually, I'm very serious about this issue. You know, I've said in this show, and I truly believe, just standing alone. The policy that the Biden administration has put in place where they have abandoned the southern border, they've abandoned it, they do not enforce it, and everyone working down there can see that, the border patrol agents are complaining, uh, everyone who goes, uh, the congressmen and senators go down there to take a look at the border and they're like, oh my gosh, there's no border. That's impeachable all by itself. Absolutely impeachable all by itself. In fact, it's actually treasonous, treasonous. If you are the president and your job is to protect the American people and you don't enforce the border, and frankly, we now have a problem at the northern border as well as the border with Mexico, and you have the Biden administration, to say they're asleep at the wheel is not accurate, or you know, AWOL, absent without leave, it's not that. It's worse. It's intentional. It's an intentional willingness, in fact, a cultivation and enabling of the ongoing invasion of America through our southern and northern borders. But so far, the Congress has not found the backbone to impeach over that. But I want to remind you of something. First of all, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been out there um, just kind of saying that she's taking a look at recent things, you know, recent things that the Biden team is doing and just saying, you know, is someone going to, to do something about this? What is, what is Congress's problem? Get serious and impeach the guy. And to be really clear, impeachment just means the House, the, the U.S. House, and not the Senate, just the House, 
engages in an impeachment proceeding as they did with no justification at all against Trump, but they had impeachment proceedings, all that means is, you know, at the end of it, if you get a majority to say, okay, the president's been impeached, it doesn't remove him or her from office. The removal portion comes as the issue flips from the House to the Senate. So people who say, why should the House bother impeaching Biden now because, you know, it goes to the Senate, will never get a majority to remove him. And the answer is, so what? So what if the Senate won't remove him? The Democrats did this to Trump twice when he was president with no justification, I mean, just absurd level, absurd level charges. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But the Democrats, when they had the majority in the House, they had no hesitation to impeach Trump for silly level, stupid complaints. And of course, it went over to the Senate and, and he didn't get removed. So the House, so the, the benefit of doing the impeachment, even if you don't get removal, is you get public attention further focused on what it is people are complaining, people are talking about in the charges against the president. If the current U.S. House with a slim majority Republican, uh, slim Republican majority were to say, we're going to have hearings on this latest bribery scandal, we're going to have hearings, we're going to look at it closely, you know, you may end up having more Americans recognize, wow, Biden is a crook. I mean, in plain English, they call Richard Nixon a crook, and, and he wasn't. And, and he did some things that weren't right, but he wasn't a crook. And then you have what Biden has apparently been doing, which is already evident for people willing to look at the Biden laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop. But now this evidence has emerged about what Biden was doing, receiving money from the Ukraine, apparently a flat-out bribe, and so the idea of impeaching him now, if nothing else, if for no other reason, it raises awareness among the American people. I mean, the diehard Democrats, they would not care what Biden has done, but the idea of the American people recognizing these aren't the fly-by-night silly reasons that they went after Trump when he was president. These are serious, substantive, no two ways about it, black and white wrongdoing on the part of Biden's. Before we play, I want a quick play first. There's a clip of Biden. He was speaking. Uh, we played this in the past when he was running for president, actually. We'll quick play that again. When This is Biden speaking about what he did to the Ukraine, conditioning money to the Ukraine on forcing them to fire a prosecutor who was looking into Burisma, the company his son Hunter was then on the board of. Let's quick play that. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. Okay. So that was actually part of a tweet. I mean, we played that many times. And we played it in the past to point out, this is a Council on Foreign Relations public venue. I mean, he's sitting on stage, Biden's sitting on stage, blathering away, no concern at all that he's acknowledging that as vice president, he told the Ukraine, we're withholding our aid unless you fire this prosecutor who was then looking into Burisma where Hunter Biden was on the board. So we had that little reality. That's actually uh, what Biden said and did. And then you look at the fact that the left, the Democrat majority in the House, impeached Trump over encouraging the people in the Ukraine, the Ukraine leadership, to look into that. I mean, Biden's admitting on camera what he did, which is unlawful to condition aid for America to something that Biden wanted. This isn't the bribery, by the way. That's something different. But this is admission, uh, no doubt about it, what Biden did. And yet the Democrats knew that, but they choose to impeach Trump because he... he told Ukraine you might want to look into this. Okay, so now Marjorie Taylor Greene, whom I, by the way, adore. I understand Marjorie Taylor Greene is, um, what's a good word? Feisty, spunky, outspoken, but she's very well informed and she just doesn't have that um, Washington DC training that says, well, you really shouldn't say those things. It might be true and they might be justified, but you really shouldn't be saying that. 
But she's coming out now. What in the heck are we waiting for? Why aren't we impeaching Biden? We have a quick clip from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Reading this form today uh, shows the pure distinction. This, this information, this source that came forward, it's a paid informant by the FBI. This has nothing to do with Giuliani. This has nothing to do with the information that he brought forward in 2020. It's totally separate and it's extremely credible because he's a paid informant. Um, I made some notes after I left the SCIF uh, based on the information and I'll, I'll share that with you guys right now. Um, basically what was happening there is back in 2015, 2016, Burisma was looking to buy uh, a U.S.-based oil and gas company. And this came from being advised by Hunter Biden and his partners. Um, Biden had told, Biden said Shokin was corrupt. That was around the time of this meeting was when Joe Biden as vice president had said that the prosecutor Shokin was corrupt. They hired Hunter on the board to make the problems go away. That's what they specifically said. Um, Hunter advised that they could raise more money if they bought a U.S. company. So the, the informant was trying to do the right thing and trying to advise Burisma that they shouldn't go this route. They should hire an attorney, work out their problems that they were being investigated for because they were having other legal problems. And that's why they were being investigated by this prosecutor Shokin. The informant was advising them, don't go this route. You, why would you buy another U.S. company while you're under investigation? That's not a good idea. So he's trying to tell them to do the right thing. Um, the owner of Burisma said that Hunter was stupid and that his other business partner was smart. He also said that he paid $5 million to one Biden and he paid $5 million to another Biden. And it was all a bribery to get Shokin fired and end the investigation into Burisma. Uh, the, he also told the informant this is common practice in Russia and Ukraine. It's common practice, it's part of business there, that's how their culture works, that they will pay bribery money in order to get business deals done. And that many businesses, uh, they, they take that into account, they put it in their budget basically, when they're preparing to buy another company or start another company. Okay, that's Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, I'm gonna tell you, we are uh, getting close to the close of the show today. I wanna say, when you hear people who don't like their political opponent endlessly talking about, well, you should impeach him, you should charge him, get him arrested, get him indicted, it can lead to people not taking seriously what the concept of impeachment is. It can get people thinking, and especially the way the Democrats engaged in impeachment, which was flat out outrageous, both times they went after President Trump. But part of what happens is, let me step back and say one, one overarching point. Leftists seek power. They will always seek power, they will always seek control. The mindset of the left, the goal when you are a leftist is to acquire more power, to control the people more, to, to shut down your political enemy, to acquire power and control at all costs. They leap at the opportunity. They are ruthless. Leftists worldwide, including in America, are ruthless in pursuing power. They think it is their reason for existing. It's the reason they are elected officials. They will take as much power as you let them have. They will always control more and more if you let them. This is just, it's in the, you know, in the DNA of being a leftist. So the left in this country went after and impeached Trump over nothing. We've talked about Trump's impeachments many times in the show. I don't have time to delve into it today, but I probably will again soon, because I want to make the contrast just because Republicans want to be more statesmanlike, and they don't want to just seem like, well, you impeached our guy, so we're going to impeach your guy. We don't want to seem tit for tat. And so Republicans have been reticent to talk about and to dive into looking at the bases for impeachment of Joe Biden. But this is 
again, if, if leftists are, you know, the, the party of evil, the right is the party, the conservatives are the party of stupid. They never, never fight. This is why the Tea Party came into existence under President Obama, because serious conservatives were watching the Congress and realizing we have a socialist in the White House and the Republican majority is sitting on their hands and hoping not to make him mad, hoping not to get a bad headline aimed at them. And so Republicans have historically, all they ever do is concede and capitulate. Once in a while, they pull back a little bit as they try to pull the country back somewhere near the middle. But leftists have driven this country to the left, to the left, to the left, and Republicans rarely fight. They don't stand up. They are, they will maybe go back to their constituents and give a little speech at home, but they don't stand up. And just think where, but at some time, getting to the point of saying, Republicans have to recognize, they've got to get brave enough to recognize where we are and what time it is in America. You have the left trying to destroy the most viable candidate to win the presidency on the Republican side through a completely bogus, you know, unjustified uh, indictment. And you have, at the same time, you have the sitting president who's admitted in that clip we just played, that yeah, actually, you know, I withheld aid money to force Ukraine to fire someone looking into my son's company. This happened by this indictment of Trump happened the same day. So last week, the FBI finally allowed the House Oversight Committee Republicans to view a transcribed interview, which is an FD 1023, with a highly credible informant who alleged that both Joe and Hunter Biden were paid $5 million each to help a Ukrainian national natural gas company executive kill a corruption investigation into him. So Biden helps kill an investigation <clears throat> into a Ukrainian national gas company executive, gets paid $5 million. This information is made available through a credible informant. And the answer of the left is, okay, let's, let's go indict Trump. Now's our time. Let's go. And people are saying, when is it going to be enough? I am saying, when is it going to be enough to impeach Joe Biden? What does it take? He doesn't enforce the border. He's now credibly accused of bribery. And, and we watch him going after Trump at every, uh, I mean, every turn. So there are, I'm getting at, more voices. There have been a few voices really uh, pretty much since Biden uh, stole the election or the Democrats stole the election in 2020 trying to get him out. But now more and more voices are joining in. Um, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene, we just um, featured her a moment ago. Uh, Vernon Jones, a former Democrat turned Republican. Congressman Georgia tweeted, stop talking tough on Twitter and impeach Joe Biden. Cat Turd, a popular figure, you know, a, that's a name someone goes by on Twitter. Um, stop talking SHIT and do something. Uh, Sebastian Gorka, Americans are tired of tough talk on Twitter. Impeach and remove Joe Biden. Do you agree? I mean, I'm saying, I'm getting it. More and more voices are saying, what are we waiting for? How much more destruction should we let Joe Biden do to this country before we finally recognize he really has committed a multitude of impeachable offenses? Frankly, probably offenses justifying his prosecution, certainly justifying his removal. And I understand that people say, well, then what happens? Kamala Harris, oh, she's worse. Well, Kamala Harris is incompetent. She probably also is impeachable. And at some point we have to say, as a conservative side, we can't just sit back because we can't play out the scenario to the end game. So we have Joe out, so Kamala gets in, we impeach her next, impeach him together, and then I don't know what'll happen. We've got to say on the conservative side, we're going to stand and fight. We're not going to sit and watch the left take down America. I have a lot more, but I'm out of time. So I close every show by telling you why the stories that we talked about today matter to you. So we started our very first segment today, quite a while ago. Trump indicted for what? Special counsel is reinforcing all the reasons so many normal people hate lawyers stretching literal words from, from an inapplicable espionage act to create an indictable offense, which is exactly what they did, while ignoring the Presidential Records Act that neuters the indictment. Trained lawyers understand the abusive legal tactics, but media spins it to sound credible. The Trump indictment is transparently politicized. 
weaponized lawfare, not justice. Arresting political opposition is the mark of third world, you know, Trump's term, SHIT whole countries. Garland, Ray, Barr have disgraced and defiled the DOJ beyond repair. It must be flushed. I didn't even get to what they had to say, but they're ridiculous too. Protesters in Miami tomorrow must stay peaceful. The Biden cabal wants violence to justify further reactive tyranny. The trial judge can be an American hero by standing up to this abomination, throw the indictment out, and impose sanctions on the special counsel. And on Trump rallies and energy in one Saturday, Trump delivers hour-plus speeches in Georgia and North Carolina, makes time for a stop at the Waffle House, makes time for photos with motorcycle cops guiding his motorcade. Biden, on the other hand, barely seen in public, rarely speaks extemporaneously, trouble putting coherent sentences together, visibly weaker physically and mentally every day. The idea that a senile 80-year-old man, incapable of campaigning and with a miserable approval rating, presented by the deep state Dems as a viable candidate for re-election is a disturbingly <clears throat> obvious indicator that elections are rigged. And on impeach Biden now, please, Biden bribery allegations apparently strong already and move in the works and more is in the works per Giuliani. Five million bribe directly involves Ukrainian business, directly implicates Biden in compromised decision-making involving Ukraine war support. Hunter Laptop provides strong basis for probable similar corruption between Biden and the CCP. These are simple and obvious grounds for impeachment and removal from office in a functioning USA. But the Uniparty, especially in the US Senate, remains aloof, defiant, and in denial. Marjorie Taylor Greene is so far mostly alone in the House, but she has seen the bribery documents and has the power of righteous indignation. Do not underestimate her. The silence, the stench of corruption, the very worst in American political history is overwhelming. The people, the American people will demand impeachment and removal of Biden and more. Will politicians act? Are they more afraid of the people or of the deep state? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you